Hi, and welcome to What the English, the Adult Migrant Learner podcast, where we speak to adult migrant learners about their English language journey and discover the trials and triumphs of learning a new language and assimilating to the Australian way of life. I'm your host, Emma Omran. I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land and pay respects to their elders past and present. I also extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hi everyone and welcome to Series 3 of What the English? In Series 3 we speak to second generation youth about growing up in a bilingual household. Today we speak to May. May is 26 years old and studies optometry and she's in her third year. May grew up speaking Arabic from an early age. So let's hear more about May's story. Hi May, how are you today? Good, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Thanks so much for joining me in, uh, in Series 3. So I'm just going to start off by asking you about the Arabic language in general and how that all mm. started Obviously, in speaking to you earlier before this interview, you spoke Mm -hmm. to me a little bit about being born here but coming to Australia at an early age. So do you want to sort of talk to me more about that before we get into some other questions? I was born in Australia and then we went back and forth between Egypt and Australia a lot. So my early years grew up, I guess, in Egypt And so my Arabic developed much more than my English to the point where like now my Arabic is not that great. And looking back, there's videos of me where I spoke Arabic and it's better than my Arabic now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. So with you traveling back and forth from Australia to Egypt and then making that journey several times, I'm I'm assuming you had quite a large family or you have a large family in Egypt? Yeah, so a lot of my grandma's siblings are in Egypt. Some of them are here as well. So we had a lot of family in Egypt and we would visit them a lot. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I was thinking, you know, with visiting a lot of people and family and relatives and friends and, you know, that exposure to the language and, you know, completely makes sense that you were quite good at it back then. Yeah. And then coming here at a young age... What was that transition like for you? I basically came to Australia like without knowing English. And I don't remember what that was like, except that like being in Australia, everything felt very new. When I was in school, because I didn't know how to speak English, I did ESL for, I think, in prep and grade one. And that kind of got me caught up on English. We were taken out of class, like me and my brother periodically would be taken out and have these sessions with like another group of kids and it was sort of like a small group of us much smaller than a classroom and we would just do activities we focused on reading as well like that was a big focus Mm -hmm. that helped me improve my English and helped me to um, catch up in a sense and also it was funny because I ended up gravitating a lot towards writing in English And that became kind of my form of expression. Like I found it much easier to write than to talk. (laughs) One thing I did notice 
gradually over time is the influence of the environment that you're in, as in what language people speak around you, that kind of exercises your language muscle. Yeah. <laughs> so like when I was growing up in Australia, having spoken Arabic first, my Arabic slipped over time. And part of it maybe is because I was surrounded by people who spoke English and also at home, like my mom would speak to me in English and I would speak in Arabic to my grandparents. There wasn't too much opportunity to practice it. And so over time, the skill kind of faded in a sense. And English became the more natural language for me. It's funny because my Arabic now sounds very staggered and it's like I have to think about it a lot to pronounce the words. With Arabic and writing So I remember when I started and it's that whole thing where you're like, oh, wow, you know, you're writing from left to right rather than from right to left. That was a challenge, obviously. It's funny because I didn't find that a challenge because I'm left-handed. Oh, wow, are you? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. And how about the letters and just everything to do with Mm. the way Arabic is written? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I remember being very confused because when you write Arabic words, you then have to put like the pronunciation, like the things on top. Oh, like those the accents. Yes. 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 Like the little dashes and like the loops kind of <laughs> to tell you like how to say it. Yeah. I remember I struggled with those. It was hard to know where to put them and which words they go on. And I feel as though I should know Arabic much better than I do currently. <laughs> Yeah, I probably feel the same way, to be honest with you. But I I think what you're talking about with the dashes and the, you know, for the pronunciation, the way the word sounds, you know. um, You know, if you look at English and then you look at Arabic, it sort of helps in a way because it guides you with how to pronounce the actual word. So, you know, whether it's a ooh or it's a ah, you know, do you remember all Mm -hmm. those, the I don't know their name, but I remember those, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know. Um, oh, God, I've got it on the tip of my tongue. See, that's how, <laughs> what, a hor- what a bad, bad student. God. <laughs> what a, well, it's been a while, students. so I can't really. Yeah. I think also, yeah, like the way, the way words are structured mm. or the way sentences are structured, I found that a bit hard too because, like, in English, you say, like, red house right? Like the colour comes first and then house. But then in Arabic, you say like house red. Exactly. And then, yeah. That's right. It sounds weird in English, but it makes sense in Arabic. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing, because I found that sometimes when I would speak in English, there would sometimes Mm. be a word I would want to say and I would you know, because I grew up mm. speaking Arabic as well, so there would be a word I mm. want to say. I would sometimes not be able to find the English word for it, but I'd know the Arabic yeah. word for it. I don't know if you feel the same way. And then other yeah. times, you know, I'm speaking in Arabic and there's an English word and I'm like, oh, God, so what's the Arabic word for that? So it makes yeah. you – it gives you that understanding, though, of what migrants and what they go through mm-hmm. when they come here and they have to learn English. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Because – when I was teaching migrants English, I, I felt that I could actually understand what they were going through. You know, yeah. it's, it's not it's not easy to learn another language. And with them, you know, they're older, yeah. you know, and yeah. a lot of them start studying at like 50 or 60 years old and where they're mm. 
you know, telling them certain things. And I'm thinking, well, you know, we have to sort of be able to cater for their needs. Yeah. It's hard to like explain why the rules are that way for that language. Exactly. <laughs> and and yeah. because there's so, like you become so used to the rules of one language and then it just doesn't make sense how it works the other way. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so true. It's yeah. so true. And the grammar, like I remember when I studied Arabic at uni, and this was like a while ago, this was probably, goodness, 20-something years ago I think it was, it was a grammar. You know, every time I had yeah. grammar class for Arabic, I was thinking to myself, are you for, like, this is really <laughs> difficult. And then when I would ask my cousins in Egypt about it, they would say to me that the grammar in Arabic is the hardest and even for them they struggled with the grammar <laughs> Because, you know, yeah. I would keep asking them all these questions every time I would like, have a class and then later on I'd be like calling them going, what's going on here? And I'd ask, you know, it's completely gone now. Like I wouldn't, I can't remember. <laughs> and I had like so many books and I had all this stuff that I kept, I don't yeah. have it with me anymore, but it was definitely a challenge. But I have to say that it was, it was worth it. Like I, I was actually quite interested mm-hmm. in it at the time. I found it also quite good having a class, a lot of them were Australian in my class. Right. And, you know, they picked up on a lot of things as well. Like just, you know, that just some people have a natural. Um, yes. Um, Ability to pick up language. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. My, my mum is one of those. Like she'll yeah. watch a Turkish drama and then she'll pick up the Turkish words. And I don't, I don't understand how she does it, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think it's partly like, yeah, you have to make connections with the primary language you have and then like connect all those words together and be like, this word means that in this language. Yeah. But then with the rules, it's like, it's almost like you have to forget the first language's rules. Exactly. And then try to like start again and be like, okay, like what is a noun? <laughs> or like, exactly. Or do they have nouns in this? Yeah. No, like, exactly. It's so true. I've heard the same thing as well. Like People that I know who are Egyptian and they did like Arabic at uni, they also found it very hard, (laughs) even though like they've grown up speaking Arabic. It's funny how you can speak the language without knowing how it works. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's how I feel about English. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing with talking to people that have learned another language, there are some other friends that I have that, you know, they've learned either Japanese or, you know, French Mm. or whatever it is that they've learned growing up. It's those conversations that you have about the intricacies of language that can be, mm-hmm. you know, really, really interesting to to have a discussion about. Yeah. And then you've got people that only know English and then mm-hmm. they can be really curious about mm-hmm. what it is like to have another language behind you, you know. Yeah. There's definitely benefits. Yeah, I think so. I think learning another language, it it's good for your brain. I know that mm. you start to see the connections between the languages yes. and how they're all kind of, they're interwoven like words from some language. They kind of blend in with other words from a different language. And then, yeah, it's almost like language is um, a history in words, if that makes sense. Like, cause it evolves over time and then new things are picked up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the other thing I was going to ask you was, and we're already talking about it, really. We're already having that discussion. <laughs> but I was actually going to ask, you know, do you think people should be encouraged to learn another language? Because I know that with kids growing up these days, you know, mm. by the time they, they go to high school or even late primary, 
you know, there's mm-hmm. electives. And I know that when I was growing up, it was Italian was the elective <laughs> that we had in primary school. Yes. And we were taught Italian. So I was just going to ask you about that. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's good to learn another language. And I was similar. Like when I was in primary school, I did Italian. And I think it's also interesting when you learn a language from young, you pick it up much faster, I think. And then it just sort of it sticks a bit more because <laughs> we've been trying to learn it at an older age is a bit trickier. Yeah, yeah. the whole thing with the kids and their brains are still sponges and they absorb everything quickly. <laughs> yes. And then when yeah. you get older, something happens. <laughs> yes. But yeah, and I did a bit of German in high school as well, but I don't remember much German at all. So it's interesting because I think it's like part of it is also about your own desire to learn the language because that's a big motivating factor yeah. I think if it becomes like a mandatory like subject that you have to do there might be like less interest in yeah. it, possibly but then if you're learning it because like you want to know about the language then you're more sort of um self-driven at least in my personal experience because I'm also trying to learn French at the moment like on Duolingo (laughs) so yeah great oh good on you thanks because I haven't really spoken to you about your studies at the moment so Mm -hmm. you told me that you're you're studying optometry in, in your third year yeah do you have any other hobbies or interests or what sort of things do you do in your spare time? And does that have anything to do with language? You just mentioned French, so that's good. <laughs> You're learning. Yeah. But is there anything else you want to tell us in terms of what you do in your spare time? I like to do photography as a hobby. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. And also because exploring photography, there's so many different genres. I like trying different things with it. And the one thing that I have found to be most enjoyable is like landscape photography. So then that goes very well with hiking. And then those two things together are a nice combination. And I I like to do that when I can, but it's hard. It's been hard with, especially with the lockdown, you can't really go camping or hiking, but now we can. So Yeah. And you also mentioned writing. Yes. Yeah. So I enjoy writing as a hobby as well. It's a strange one because writing can be like very personal So I don't necessarily share the writing. I just enjoy, like journaling is really good as well because that helps you like process things and release emotions in like a nice way. And then also like, I guess I dabble in different genres because I I always really enjoyed creative writing. I always thought that that wasn't very um, prioritized in high school. I thought we should do more of that. (laughs) And so, yeah, creative writing and poetry are things that I like dabble in. It's always kind of when I feel like it. They're not always consistent hobbies, but there's a variety in there that I enjoy. Well, it looks like we have something in common there because I've also completed a certificate in, um, well, a diploma actually, a diploma in creative writing in the past, and that's something that I also love to do, and and, and poetry writing as well. And I sort of know what you mean. Yeah, like inspiration strikes at the weirdest time. Correct. And often often I find it's like the very early morning hours, (laughs) like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m., those hours are just very – like there's something about them. They have an energy of creativity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I have a question for you. Do you oh. find <laughs> like in your <laughs> writing, do you write like in English or in Arabic? Now, see, that's the, I, I write in English hmm. and I, I just find that Arabic 
if you listen to the what they call the fusha Arabic, mm-hmm. which is the more I'm not sure how to say that in English, the fusha Arabic. Is it like the formal version? Probably, yeah, probably more the formal yeah. version of Arabic rather than the different dialects and the dialect that we speak. Yeah, um, in Egypt. Yeah. That's another all- thing that I found really interesting about Arabic. Sorry, um, yeah, is how there is there is one form that you speak, and then there's another form that's the formal one that you write. And I'm like, it's like you're learning two languages. Exactly. <laughs> this is the thing that people don't understand. You know, yeah. people that are going to be yeah. listening to this, they're going to go, "What the? What the? What are they talking about?" Well, yes. I'll tell you something, people. Just go grab some Arabic. <laughs> Arabic for dummies. Yeah. That's what you do. <laughs> Yes, but that's, then you go to Egypt and the way they talk doesn't match. Exactly, exactly. So, but there is something about that formal Arabic mm-hmm. that is so poetic. Yeah. You know, for people who understand that and for those listening that speak Arabic or have Arabic friends or, you know, have that exposure mm-hmm. and they, they sort of understand maybe where we're coming from. And regardless, mm-hmm. even if you don't speak Arabic, you know, within your own language that you speak, there's something within the language that is so deep. Yeah, it's like it's woven with like a poetic fabric. Exactly, like exactly. So nicely. <laughs> and it's slightly different from English as well. Like there's a, it's like a different current of the way That's the right. words roll That's over right. each other. There's a magic about it. That's the way I feel when I listen to it. Yeah. There's such beauty this magnificence that is almost unexplained. I just can't. Yeah, it really is, you know, and it's hard to sort of talk about it or yeah. ex- explain it if you haven't really heard it or you don't really understand where it's coming from. But yeah. there is a deeper mystical type of beauty. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's like well, that's, evoked from the language. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and thank you for asking me a few questions. That's okay. I've never ever had anyone ask me a question before. So that was a bit of a shock. But anyway, um, it's nice. It's different. It's moving things around a bit. And, you know, that's nice. I like that. Um, I got curious, I guess. I like it. It's good. It's good. I'm going to have to eventually ask someone to interview me. Yes. (laughs) Down the track sometime. Um, Yes. It's been really nice to connect with you, May, today. So I really appreciate that. You too. You know, we've clearly we've clearly had a lot to talk about. We've had a, a lot of things that have connected both of us. So there we go. Um, yes. So thank you so much again, May, and I wish you all the best with your with your studies. Thank you. Yeah, no problems. That's been great. Yeah, no, it's been really good to chat with you and find all these different connections, which we wouldn't have been able to do without language. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much, May. You're welcome. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by What the English, the Adult Migrant Learner. Produced by Martin Franklin, East Coast Studio. Please subscribe and share this podcast with your network.